Hey guys, what's up? My next guest is an inventor, thought leader, and entrepreneur in the health and fitness industry. He's arguably one of the strongest pound for pound humans in the world and have been the only person to squat and deadlift over a thousand pounds for reps, holding the Guinness World Record on the sumo deadlift. His story deals with murderers, drug running, and abuse, human trafficking, death, and a serial killer. You won't want to miss this one. The good don't grow. We help you understand the benefits. With CBD and cannabis, yeah. The good don't grow. We remove the fear of the unknown. By giving you all the facts. The good don't grow. We bring the unbiased content from opposing views to give you nothing but the facts. I welcome you to the show. The good don't grow. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Good Dudes Grow. I'm your host, Gary Roberts. I have a great guest on my show. For a lot of you listening to my show, a lot of you are expecting us to always talk about cannabis and how it's helped people out of their addiction process or off pain pills. But you also know that I'm starting a recovery facility, a holistic recovery facility called Promises Recovery Center. And it's made to not only use cannabis and CBD to help you, but it's also we're working on the mental and physical aspect, building your mind and your body to help you because whether or not you want to, addiction, you have to want to get out of it. And a lot of people think that they can't and their mind gets in their way and it's a whole psychological aspect of it. So some people have used fitness and built themselves up through different ways of using their mind in fitness. And this is why I brought in Chris Duffin, he's actually written a book called The Eagle and the Dragon and how he dealt with uh, addiction and certain things in his life. And his story is very powerful. So this is why I wanted to bring him on the show. Chris, thank you for coming. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk to us today. Yeah, looking forward to uh, some good conversation, Gary. So so like I said, you wrote the book Eagle and the Dragon. Tell me a little bit about your background, the whole how you got into the fitness, because I know you just didn't jump into it. I got into it also a long time ago. You've been doing it for a while. I've been doing it for a while. We're both not young, but it really helped you get out of where you were in your life. Was that not correct? It, uh, it, yes, it did. And that was on a, at a very young age. And actually, uh, it's interesting because my, my early story uh, is tied around, uh, around cannabis. So uh, if you've ever... Uh, if you ever seen the movie or the uh, documentary series uh, Murder Mountain, uh, yes, yes. So uh, uh, about fifty miles uh, north and a little bit uh, east, uh, just a little bit deeper and more remote, uh, is where we lived. Oh, okay. And <clears throat> so I grew up uh, homeless in the mountains uh, in Northern California, and that was one of the areas that we were in, and. It was a, a lifestyle choice uh, by my parents, primarily my mom, of not wanting to be part of society and trying to figure out a way to forge a living outside of that. So, you know, at six years old, you know, I, you know, I was living in a tree fort, being taught how to cap capture and handle live rattlesnakes because they're quite prevalent in that region, and there were dens by the the place, and so you know, I would be handling them, you know squeezing them behind the head, wrapping around your arm and knowing just where to cut it. So the meat didn't get poisoned. And, uh, so I, I grew up a very unconventional life in that manner. So, you know, it's, you want to take a bath, it's filling up a gallon jug of water down in the stream and setting it on a rock in the sun all day. So you can dump over your head. And so with that type of environment though, 
and, and the reason we were out there, I mean, that's what my parents did is we're, they were growing wheat and it was a very dangerous time. So yeah, for, this, for, isn't for, ca- this isn't the, this isn't the I don't want to cut you off for- there, but just stop there for a minute. For most people who don't know, that's kind of like the Bermuda Triangle of, of the cannabis industry where it all started, where people actually went, not only, not only people, people like your mom, but we're talking about gangs and everything else went there to grow because they, they basically cut themselves off from the population because they just wanted to grow cannabis. And some people yes. disappeared, right? There was people disappearing all the time. And everybody, so it's, it's not the cannabis growing, you know, professional industry that we have today. We're talking, you be careful walking around in the, in the woods because you're going to run into somebody with a machine gun and you will disappear. And I'm not kidding. And so there was interactions I grew up I, I, we dealt with a murderer that, you know, had a camp down the way. Uh, there was uh, there was a serial killer, uh, human trafficking that the police were involved with. Actually, the sheriff uh, and uh, and a lot of his team went to went to prison when my mom uh, well, she was in jail. But they were trying to traffic me and my sisters uh, through and it, it just really bad. So anyway, I dealt with a lot of trauma growing up. So. Uh, drug addiction, drug running, abuse, all this stuff going on around me uh, in a very chaotic uh, environment. And parents ended up getting us back and decided to stay straight of the uh, the illegal trade. Uh, basically, by this point, it's like the mid 80s and uh, ended up in Oregon, but they still didn't want to be part of society. So we were out in the mountains, cutting wood, mining, just barely scraping by, you know, family of six uh living on, well, living on $5,000 or less a year type. Uh, right. So, um, I, at the time, you know, with that growing up in just these remote areas, like I didn't have a lot of self-confidence. Uh, obviously there's trauma. I'm like my, my best friend died, you know, a night I was supposed to go spend with him, his whole family actually. Uh, and, uh, just a lot of, just a lot of chaos in this, uh, this book you'll see. And, but for me, it's about these are circumstances that you can't control. These right. are things and, and what, you, what defines you is not those events, not the things that have happened to you, not the addiction that you've had, the alcoholic parents, the, the, the bad back, the whatever it is, wherever you're at in life that we people like to define themselves. And you're defined by the things that you respond, your actions and responses to those things. And that's something I learned at a, a very early age. And, and I started picking up fitness because well, all I had was books. We were, we read all the time, but I'm like, I need to balance this out. And I started, my, we were very physically active, obviously, you know, I was helping with all right. this stuff growing up and chopping woods and hauling rocks out of the, the hills and, and whatnot. But I started lifting weights around 1988, I believe, 1989. So what what uh, what, what what made you think about lifting weights? Because that's I understand you were active and everything, but it's not like all of a sudden you go, hey, you know what? I'm gonna go jump. I'm living in the woods, um, but you know, learning how to deal with rattlesnakes. I'm gonna go do some bench press now. Yeah. <clears throat> well, at those first early stages, it was doing jump squats and push-ups to failure, and uh, I found some. Uh, some ankle weights at Goodwill that I bought for like 99 cents back then. And I, I, I'd run with those. And that, that was, I do pull-ups off of tree, you know, tree branch. So you uh, just type, found a bunch uh, of stuff, stuff to challenge yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and okay, then, okay, cool, uh, cool. and then going into middle school and then high school, 
I was able to gain access to a weight room and I kind of moved that direction. But but it was to me, my my stepfather used to talk about, you know, his glory days of lifting when when he was younger. And I, you know, I was a young kid and I like I said, I had self-confidence, you know, issues and things like that. And and lifting is is really interesting. I'm going to talk about the confidence stuff later when I right, talk right. about the special, that, that's special the Olympics thing. that we support. So, so you did have some, so your, your, your stepdad, like you said, I think you told me your stepdad, but he had some access to weightlifting. So it kind of like put it into your mind. So you knew about it. It wasn't just something that came to yourself. Yes. Okay. 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 And, that's cool. And, uh, so I picked up a couple books, obviously, cause that's what I did was books. And I, I got Arnold's encyclopedia of bodybuilding and, uh, I, I started doing that. And that was, like I said, 1988 and that really started transitioning my life. You know, I was the nerdy kid that nobody talked to or whatever. But, you know, next thing you know, I'm the, the state level athlete as well. And and the confidence of just like making progress and doing those sorts of things. And I'm going to I'm going to head another direction just for a minute. And get back cool. to the story. OK, yeah. so the Special Olympics, uh, I I support the Special Olympics. I've done fundraisers for them. We hold meets. We actually coach them for free. We run meets for them, do all this sorts of stuff. You want to see the power of uh, physical training on the effect it has on mental, uh, emotional and confidence and all this stuff, man, you work with a group of these individuals and there's nothing like it that you will see have an impact in their life because people are around them, giving them the raw, raw stuff all the time. And they, they read through that. They see through that. But when you go in and you over time, over weeks, over months, make progress and it's you and something immovable and you're mo- like, that is empowering and it starts affecting. And then sometimes it allows them to get to be able to do things in life that they wouldn't have been able to do before physically as well. Uh, and, and man, it is the most wonderful thing, but it's there's no better way to see what fitness can do than seeing what it does for those individuals, because there's no, you know, like I work, I get results. This is it. I no, Nobody else earned this. Nobody's faking it like I I did this. And, and that's what that's what resilience is. And that's what resilience of, you know, mind and and and, and soul are as well. Uh, and the, the trauma and stuff that I'm talking about, like it is this. What is training? You go into the gym and you do some curls. And what happens? Your bicep, your arm becomes more resilient to be able to handle that load or more load in the future. Right. And so the trauma and stuff that you've got, you could let it beat you down where you can go. I withstood that. And that means I'm capable of something. If something, if it comes at me again, I know I've got it. In fact, I might be able to take a little bit more and, and you keep, uh, and then next time something comes and it's a little bigger and you handle it. And then that allows you just like the next workout, you can handle a little more weight. You can handle a little, it's progressive. So you can't go all in. And this is where like trauma comes from. If you experience it, sometimes it's too much. It's this massive, you can't jump in and do uh, daily doubles three hours a day twice a day, seven days a week, right off the bat, right? Well, you should never do that, honestly. Uh, But but my point is that's too much stress and you won't. And and that's what causes the downwards, right? Too much. And that's, and that's where we experience that stuff can hit you and, and, and totally, you know, create negative, but it's all about building it and layering it over time. That's how you build resilience. And let's talk about trees. Okay. 
<laughs> if you go plant a tree in the biodome, in a biodome, a protected sphere environment, totally controlled so we can see what happens without the involvement of the human world today, right? The tree is going to grow to a certain height. And basically all trees, doesn't matter what kind or whatever. And you know what it's going to do? Stop growing. It's going to fall over. It's going to fall over and die. And they, for the longest time, they couldn't figure out why. And the reason why is it operates on the same exact principle. This is not stuff I'm making up. This is human physiology. It's beyond human physiology. It's across all living aspects, body, body mind, and soul. It didn't have wind hitting it, telling it, grow strong, powerful roots, be prepared, be resilient, dive into the soil, build a robust you bark structure because the elements are going to be hitting you all this. So it, it would grow and it killed itself. It doesn't develop resilience. So actually trying to find a life and having comfort, this like not having strife, having no conflict in your life, having is the, is actually going to start the process of death. And I'm not over speaking here because if I break my arm, what's going to happen to the muscular Scott cast is going to go on and it starts the atrophy. It starts the process of death. I am not over speaking this stuff. I'm not being ethereal. This is real. So, you know, trying to, trying to find the comfort, trying to find this stuff. So when you look at like your life go, Hey man, this is some bad shit, but what can I take from the positive from this? So here's what I took from the positive. All right. So to, I put myself decided I'm going to go to school. I started working on a double engineering degree. I had to work full time. I took custody of my three younger sisters to get them out of the environment that they were in because it was it got even worse at that point in time. And I uh, uh, I put myself through I put myself through a dual engineering degree while doing that. Started chasing my career. Got my MBA. I ended up being a corporate executive uh, task. I would. I was a specialist in coming in and fixing companies, fixing divisions of companies, getting companies turned around and, and sold. And we're talking aerospace manufacturing companies, automotive manufacturing companies, high tech, uh, heavy industrial, this sort of stuff. That's what I did for uh, almost 20 years. And at the same time, I owned a gym and I competed at, at the highest level. I was ranked number one in the world for eight years straight as a competitive uh, athlete. And then I decided, I wasn't living like my true self. I, what I really wanted to do, which was help people live a better quality of life through these concepts, through strength. And so I walked away from all that and many other things in my life. This is the second half of the book. It's the, the eagle is realizing your strengths and where, uh, what heights you can climb to in the world. The second half of the book, so that's the eagle flying. And then the second half is the dragon, the Ouroboros, uh, which is the you know perpetual continual renewal of oneself or the, yeah, eating the old, becoming the new. So it's the purposeful reinvention, deciding specifically who you wanted to be in this world. So I walked away from my career, threw all my retirement into it, sold my homes, walked away from my marriage, walked away from competitive lifting and said, this is what I'm going to do. And in five years, I built a globally recognized brand. I, that, and when I say globally recognized, like we work with 90% of the professional sports teams in America, Major League Baseball. There's 30 teams. We work with 29 of them. We work with big figures like The Rock, LeBron, like uh, Thor, you name it. Uh, Marvel Studios uses our uh, any major college you can think of, plus 600 plus 
that's where we're at in a matter of years, right? Um, and we're doing like helping people yeah, get out of pain and live a better quality of life. That's what we do. Innovative stuff that nobody's ever seen in this industry before as far as equipment and, and educational models. <clears throat> and that was the first company. Started two others, supplement company and a, a shoe company. Uh, it, same thing. Uh, the shoe company is because of uh, foot mechanics. So I do a lot of stuff on biomechanics. That's essentially what I specialize in now. And I decided I wasn't going to, I didn't want to compete under whatever rules. I wanted to demonstrate what I was fully capable of. And I chased something that people thought was impossible. So I'm going to squat and deadlift a thousand pounds. There's a couple, handful of people that have done one or the other. Nobody that's done both. Nobody. And the people that have done those on either one, they're 400 plus, 380 to 440 pound men, right? I did it both at 265 to 280 pounds. And I did them for reps, right? There's a Guinness World Record right the fuck on my wall right there, okay? A little bit farther over here is Scientific Innovation Award for uh, my, my design concepts, right? Yeah, I'm being cocky. I'm talking about stuff. But I could have been the people that I grew up around are either dead, in prison, or on drugs, okay? I pulled myself out. Yeah, I've got shit to deal with. I see, I, I see a therapist. I, you know, like that's okay. Seek help. It's great. The, the big piece of this is learn to be introspective, look inward. Okay. And that's where I drive people on the, the process in, uh, in my book on the Eagle and the dragon is this, this, these tools to look inward and understanding your values and what you want to do in this world and how to actually get there and execute them. And, uh, uh that, Oh, just, you asked me for a, you asked me how I got into fitness. And uh, anyway, uh, sorry, I, I get on, I get on rants. I, uh, my soapbox. So you, you, you sound exactly like me. Well, 100% when I get on a rant and I start going and start talking and everything else, but it's so amazing. And this is where I found from my daughter, because when she got out of rehab for, for the last time, she says the problem was she had no purpose getting out. And she felt like the community was still inside that rehab. So relapsing was a way to feel that purpose, was a way to feel grounded instead of actually finding, like you're, you said. You're finding something, you have, some, you have something to chase at that point. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And that's why we, well, that's how we created, we created the idea of, okay, let's figure out how we can do this and change the way the rehabs are done. Let's not sit around and do the 12 step in, in the middle thing and talk about how bad our lives were Listen, shit happens, like you said. Let's figure out where we want to go in our lives and build that. Now, if we can build that, like you said, mentally and physically by giving those small physical challenges, because every win is a plus, and, and then we're the on the right road. And that's what people, a lot of people miss is they, they just think about, you got fitness pros and they just think about fitness and they don't cover the mental side. And you got these other professionals in these other areas that want to seek those. And then, you know, I'm, I'm doing self-improvement, I'm educating, and I'm this business professional, I'm burning on both ends. And you end up picking up addiction, kind of chasing that too, those people as well, because they don't have the, the like, it's all connected. It's That's all connected. Body, mind, and soul, you've got to chase all three. You have to chase all three. You need to develop resilience in all three. And purpose is absolutely it. Finding that meaning, and it doesn't happen overnight. And so 
Um, I drive people on understanding. It sounds she's their core values. You know, like people always see that on the wall or whatever, but no, it is they're, a real on, they're thing. on the back of my wall. You, you sit there and you, yeah, I said when it's real, it's real though. Right. It it's real, it, but most people don't realize it. It is like how truly, and so there's a, a lot of different processes I, I drive people on to 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 find those. So. Um, uh, if you want, I can spend a little time going through. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is interesting. Okay. This is exactly what I wanted, man. This is exactly what I wanted. Thanks. So, uh, one of those, uh, a simple one is is the five whys process, and it's like looking at the things that you want in life, your bucket list stuff. The like, I want that fancy car. I want to go on such and such trip. I want whatever. I want this. I, I want this job. Whatever it is, whatever whatever it is that you want out of life. Now. Why do you want those things? Okay. Spend some time, peel back that layer. And once you get there, you're like, man, yeah, I, I want that fancy car cause prestige or whatever, no, no judgments. Right. Right. And, and just keep digging and digging and that process go through it at least five times. And it's not a Sunday afternoon process. This is a long, lengthy process, but you'll get to something finally where I'll give you examples of mine. All right. So that you can have some idea of what I'm talking about and what these these things truly mean and how you can go wrong and how you can completely fuck up if you actually chase the the end physical thing that you want because right. you could go actually completely the opposite of what you want. I'll use the the, the fancy house and the fancy car as a, an analogy. So, um, but you did you, you dig them until they're things that they're not things they're ways of being they're so for me it is uh it is competition right it is uh it's several words you could use for it challenge uh competition um another one uh, which is almost counter uh is is security but you can understand how that would be important based on my upbringing uh continual learning it is uh, for me, uh, having a cre- creativity with what I do, a creative outlet, right? Uh, uh, being recognized. I, yeah, I want to be recognized. You see this stuff on the like, hey, if I did a good job, I'd like to be recognized for that. Well, there's there's five. You should end up with about five to seven of those, um, but those are five of 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 mine. Okay, uh, to give you an idea of what those are. Now, once you have those, now you can start forming like some goals, some ways of realizing a life that will execute to realize those values. So here's the miss. I said the, 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 the big house, the, the fancy house, and the fancy car, right? So if you think it's those things and you go over leverage yourself and get those things, but you miss the point that I wanted those things because in my mind, in the background, I knew that once I had those things, I would have security. I would be in a position in life that I wouldn't have to be worried paycheck to paycheck. I could know I'd have the confidence to take care of my family, all those sorts of things. But I, if I don't realize that, I could over leverage myself and actually get the exact opposite I want, right? So, hey, I wanna be an NFL uh, star. Why? Because some Sunday with, with your buddies, you could lose your knee and lose that. It doesn't mean your life's over. But if you know why, you could end up finding so many other 20, 30, 50 other paths that you could could realize whatever it was out of that that you wanted to see. And so that's the value of that. Another one, 
I call it the balance through extremes. So everyone, you find balance through moderation. I hope this isn't a, uh, uh, one of those podcasts where I can't swear because no, fuck you're that. Good. Fuck that. All right. So <laughs> that's a boring life. Uh, but yeah, who wants to be average and just get mediocre? Exactly. So, you know, what I say is, Chase, if you've got a couple of those big, gnarly things, ways of being and living, is to go out and chase those that are almost a dichotomy that people tell you you can't, you can't, I'll make it easy. I squat at a thousand pounds, right? If I tell somebody, I want you to squat with abs, I want you to chase perfection of technique. And they're like, okay, I need to do body weight squats or just like have a bar and get it perfect. And once I move from, once I have it perfected, I'll, I'll move up and, and then, but it, that's where I need to be. And then if I say, I want you to put every, like nothing on the tank, nothing left. You drop everything, put everything, everything's like, everything's like, well, forms to the mitten. It doesn't matter. Like, it's going to be ugly as hell, balls to the walls. And I'm saying, no, I want both. I'm like, well, you can't have that. Absolutely, you fucking can. That's how yeah, I fucking right, what nobody else has done in the world, right? That's exactly. how I actually got there because I'm not going to know that my technique is perfect unless I'm chasing the level of breakdown that teaches me where I am breaking, what my gaps are, and I can't achieve the perfection of, of putting everything absolutely into it if I have leaks and gaps in energy and all this stuff. So you chase these things and you end up finding the center in this beautiful heights that nobody realized is possible. Work-life balance, okay? Uh, before I made this transition uh, to, you know, the entrepreneur or whatever, I had a wildly successful career. I was a top level athlete. I had my kids there getting a little bit older. I have hobbies, like crazy hobbies, like uh, building vehicles and exercise equipment and stuff like to a crazy level design. You know, is what I'm called the mad scientist for a reason. And uh, <laughs> so I, anyway, I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, uh, something's got to give. Like, uh, this is too much. What's going to give? I'm like, well, it's not my family. I did talk about walking away from my marriage, but um, yeah. uh, that doesn't, I, I need to figure out a way to do that. And uh, uh, there's reasons for that. Um, I want to pass, I'm a passionate person. I want to passion at every point in my life. And, uh, uh, you know, just having a marriage without that is not necessarily a family. Um, and uh, so through the divorce, ended up maintaining an, a really great relationship. Bought her a house uh, a half mile from mine. Kids are back. Like we manage this really well. I found it uh, 40 years old. I discovered that love was like this thing in movies and books and all that that I always thought was just like, yeah, whatever. That's not real. Freaking found out that was real. Man, that was a that was a, that was a surprise. Uh, <laughs> and so that was an uh, eye opener. Oh my God, that took that. I was not expecting. I thought I'd just be the single, single dad the rest of my life, you know, doing my thing. I don't have time for this uh, relationship, like whatever. And then, yeah, that turned my world upside down. So, uh, remarried, three kids, amazing home. Uh, anyway, um, balance through extremes, work life balance. So, I wanted to create more time for my family, my kids, uh, because I realized something had to give. And I'm like, well, work is. So I, I quit my job and go out on my own, but I wanted to create more space and time. Well, I just talked about what I did physically. So I pushed myself further and achieved more than I ever did before. Right. I've done more on the business side. I work harder than I've ever worked before, but every day I probably spend 
four hours a day more with my family. And the reason how I did this is chasing the extremes. All the peripheral, if I chase the extremes, the fluff, the stuff that doesn't matter in life, you have to make decisions. It makes you find your values because the stuff that doesn't matter starts dropping away and you start pulling it into the things that you want. So I created a culture with these, the values. So it brought the people that to it, it drew the people in that are going to be my friends, my, the things that, that, that were extra time things like my training, my interacting, my hobbies of creativity, creative out, that all became into my work environment. So then the work became my play, my fun, my all these other, and then uh, more flexibility with time, you know, in the mornings and I work harder, I work longer, but it's here and there, hit or miss. I have more, I'm working harder than I've ever worked, yet I've created more space and time for my family than I've ever had before. And it, people will go, no, you find it through moderation, you know, and if you do that, what you do is you automatically phrase those as the antithesis to each other. Right. So I, I have to take away from one to find for the other. Right. And as you as you do that, it, it automatically frames that in the mindset and you end up you end up less engaged, less like it just has this huge impact. Like and. uh Heck, let's take it all the way to the extremes, like trying to find that you, you end up with your, your average person just running through life that is, uh, you know, just trying to get to Saturday uh, during the week. You know, it's just got to get there, got to do the grind, do the work and the weekend rolls. And it's like, OK, you know, drinking with my buddies on, you know, watching the game on Sunday, not really engaged with my kids during the week. Uh, you know, it, it, you end up you know, life just rolls right on by you and you never do anything. And you're less of a, you're less of a, uh, a father, a parent, less of a friend, less of not accomplishing the, the you know, pushing and accomplishing things in the, in the business life that you can. So this balance through extremes is it's not for everybody, but hell, if you want to live, you want to live a life that's worth uh, creating an action book about. Yeah, maybe, maybe give it a shot. So anyway, these are, uh, there's a few different methods, but these are some approaches through really forcing yourself to, to find these deeper values. And once you've got values, now, I hate fucking bucket lists, by the way, <laughs> fucking bucket lists, because it's what's fancy and shiny and throw it in here and there. And like, no, create values that can help you create a life that's going to realize those, your goals you can't come up with goals until you know why you want to be and live that way. Your values help you to find this North Star, this perfect place that you can never get there. But every day you can take one step closer, one step closer. And if you don't have them, you might walk for a few miles over the next 10 years. But the wrong direction and not even put one foot forward, not put one foot forward for a week a month, a quarter, a year, a decade. That is crazy versus just being able to know truly where is that direction. And every day, putting one foot, just one foot in front of the other, and it'll feel, it'll look like you're moving nowhere. And next thing you know, you'll look back and be like, whoa, wow, I freaking, I've, I've gotten somewhere. 
Yeah, yeah. And the biggest thing, the biggest thing, like you said, is that when you have those values, every time you put that step forward, you're present for that time. You're present with present, your family. Yes. You're present in your business. You're you're present. You're not like you're saying, just shuffling through life, not being there, just trying to get to the, like you said, the weekend or, or this. You're present at the moment and it's more fulfilling than you ever thought it would be. Engaged. Exactly. And that's what happens for, to, from from challenge from in the process. And this is the, this is the process of developing resilience as well, because it tell, it forces you to step into and chase and turn into the unknown because that unknown, those scary things, the thing that makes your gut churn a little bit with fear, but also anxiety and anticipation, that's where you need to go. And some of those steps, they won't be successful, but they will be successful just like in the fact that it's just like another workout that was another step in building that resilience so that the next time comes, you win at the one that you wouldn't have been prepared for. Exactly. Right. That's that, I, I agree with you 100%. I do the same thing in, in my gym that I have. When I coach my people, I'm like a, a kind of like a rehab expert. I take people who think they're never going to do things again because they hurt themselves. And I says, no, sometimes, you know what? An injury is a blessing. Because it'll I, make you focus on exactly what you did wrong. You're going to fix it and you're going to come back even stronger, even when you think you're never going to be able to do that again. Yeah. I had to learn to walk again one time. Yeah. I was in a walker. Couldn't move for a couple of weeks. Then I was in a walker. I'm not sure. I dropped foot for like six months. Um, and guess what? I'm one of the, the leading experts on how to recover from back injury now. And I have squatted and deadlifted a thousand pounds post that with zero back pain. It helped me get here. A good friend of mine, um, well, it's a co-author book. Both are good friends, wrote this book called The Gift of Injury. Uh, it's a really incredible piece if you want to. It's another piece on uh, recovery from back pain, by the way. Um, so really, really interesting uh, a story of a top level lifter that essentially broke his back, like split his fucking spine, the base of his spine, and uh, was told that, uh, yeah, his life was essentially over. And he came back to set an all time world record on the squat. So amazing. Uh, with the that work of another one of the people on my advisory board, Dr. Stu McGill, who's the leading spine biomechanist in the world, by the way. So uh, but um, yeah, uh, all these things can be opportunities every fall. How do you look at it? You can't change it. I'm not going to say that that trauma is not going to affect you and that you're not going to have some issues or whatever in life. I don't, I'm not disregarding that whatsoever. But if it did, why don't you at least let some part of it help you grow? Exactly. 100%. Yeah. What can you get out of it? Exactly. I agree with you 100% on that. On that note, Chris, I appreciate you coming on my show. I got all your links. I'm going to stick all the links down to your book and everywhere where everybody can follow you and everything else. This was absolutely fabulous. This is what I wanted to hear. This is what I hope my, my guests will hear. Because like I said, even though CBD and cannabis can help with certain addiction process, you still have to be there mentally and physically. Don't count on just a product to actually think of doing something. You have, you have to be present. It doesn't matter what you yeah. take. You have to be present, present and know where you want to go and build that. And fitness in mind and body, like you said, is one of the biggest keys that a lot of people are missing. You need the tools. Don't rely on the tools as your crutch or you will fail. Exactly. 100%. Chris, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for taking time out of your day. 
I hope you have a great day and we'll talk soon. I'm definitely going to follow you. I'm definitely going to get the book as soon as I finish the one I have now. I have like a list of books to do, but I'm definitely going to read your book. All right. It's on audio too. So uh, my website, you can actually get a free audio download if you don't have a, an Audible account. You can get my book and one other if you sign up for a, for an account through, uh, through, through the site. So awesome, crazy deal. Um, if not, it's just a credit, whatever. You can get it everywhere else. Hey, you, you'll have the links. I'll have uh, all the links. Yeah. Chris Duffin. It's like muffin, except with a T. <laughs> you can find me. The, go the, 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 the Googles, the uh, social medias, just type it in there. I'll show up. I got a blue check thing. Yeah. Every, every, just do yeah. that. Mad science. You're smart. Chris I don't need to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find it. I found you easily, yeah. man. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. All right. Have a good one. Later. If you're still listening to this, that means you gained some type of value. So what we need you to do is leave a review and make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode of The Good Dudes Grow.